Thanks for joining us for season four of the Hospitality Hangout, a hospitality-focused podcast where the founders at Branded Strategic share their insights and bring technology and innovation leaders that are making things happen in the industry we love. My name is Jimmy Frischling, otherwise known as the Finance Guy, and I'd like to introduce my partner, Mr. Michael Schatzberg, otherwise known as the Restaurant Guy. Thanks for the introduction, Jimmy, and to all those people, all those people out there in Podland or podcast land, you can call me Shatsy. Together, we are the personalities behind Brand the Strategic Hospitality. We work the intersection of hospitality, technology, innovation, and capital. And Jimmy, we have an exciting, exciting podcast today. But before we jump into it, I just want to let everyone know about something really super exciting. Not as, not as exciting as a podcast, but it's up there. And it's the Branded Marketplace, thebrandedmarketplace.com, www.thebrandedmarketplace.com. You got to check it out, Jimmy. It is loaded with solutions, great tech solutions to solve the biggest problems facing our industry right now. So I, I implore everyone, everyone listening, go check out the Branded Marketplace. Look at the solutions on there. There is it's not one size fits all. So we've got lots. We've got 200, over 200 already loaded up there. And uh, if you're not on the a marketplace and you want to get on the marketplace, then email us at marketplace at brandthestrategic.com, marketplace at brandthestrategic.com, and we'll get you on board. It's free. It's Jimmy. It's free. How are you going to make money? Volume, I say. <laughs> yes, volume, volume. I think after 500 companies are on board, I understand that some economics change somehow. The free becomes, I don't know, more, less free. I don't know what it is. Well, anyway, Jimbo, um, I just wanted everyone to know about that. So check it out. I'm going to hand, hand the mic back over to you. Thank you very much. And that uh, that segment was brought to you by uh, Michael Shatsberg, mom, who wants oh, Michael Chico's to Chico's bail bonds, Jimmy. Chico's bail bonds. All right. Listen, we're excited for today's episode. Before we start, we have a very exciting offer to share with all of our operators out there that are listening. This is for the operators. For those of you not operators, stay tuned. You'll have a great time with the podcast anyway. But make sure you tune in for the incredible opportunity we'll be announcing at the end of this episode. Operators, the end of this episode, we got an offer for you. Check it out. All right. We are very excited for today's episode. Our guest is our friend and CEO of Byte, Mr. Brandon Barton. Uh, we've, we've taken up enough intro time. We want to get uh, Brandon into the show. Brandon, we'd like you to take the lead. Give us a little intro on yourself and, of course, on Byte. Yeah, uh, Jimmy and uh, Shatsy, thank you so much for having me. Such a pleasure to be on the pod. I've listened to a lot of episodes. They're always great. Uh, you so said pleasure, Jimmy. Really love what you guys do here. Um, yeah, so uh, as you said, Brandon Martin, CEO of Byte. Um, I'm on a mission to help restaurateurs uh, take tech and make their restaurants better. I've, I've been on this mission for 15 plus years, uh, ever since I worked for Danny Meyer back then. Yeah, when will the mission end? 15 years, that's a mission. Yeah, man. I mean, come on. Well, let me let me ask you. Do you you guys are tech investors? Do you feel like the the job is done yet in the world of restaurants and tech? Touche, Brandon. It is the Bronze Age. We are just getting started. We're just getting going. I agree. Yeah, might, I don't think you should be asking questions. It's our podcast. I mean, we asked the question. Well, a little bit. We, we let him we, ask questions. We, we might be in inning one here of, of what's going to be uh, become a digital revolution within restaurants, but. Uh, Look, I, I, I've uh, I've been an operator in the past, and and since I've worked for several great companies, including uh, Avero, which probably a lot of people know, and we we shared a building with Branded Strategic, so uh, that was the, the first time here. I got to meet you guys, <laughs> and uh, and then um, of course uh, worked at Resi as well, but now CEO at Byte. Uh, we're an omni-channel digital ordering platform for restaurants, primarily 
you know, larger mid-market to larger restaurants, so so 10 units and above. We do every digital ordering um, channel that a, a restaurant can have that's first party. So, you know, there's the third party platforms, the DoorDashes, the Uber Eats and so forth. So we are website, app, uh, you know, uh, contactless ordering, uh, kiosk in the store, uh, QR code, curbside pickup. We're even dabbling in drive-through. Uh, and we see just an incredible amount of information that we're that we're helping the restaurants to take and and learn about their guests and then personalize ordering experiences for them. Unbelievable! Thank you for that. Um, but before we take a deeper dive into what you're doing over at Bite, let's just take a step back and let's talk a little bit about how you got here. Sure. Uh, beverage director, so you know, operator, beverage director. Uh, your your Avero you mentioned you were I remember meeting you at Avero sales at Avero um, uh, Resi you know reservation platform you've been touching a lot of things in the industry for a long time you know a lot of people how'd you get how'd you get involved in it? how did it, how did it how do you get to bite yeah I mean gosh uh, it probably started as I was bussing tables in Bay Ridge Brooklyn at uh, at uh, you know the local burger joint um, certainly had the hospitality bug. Uh, you know, take a nibble out of me and, and um, <laughs> always wanted to be in a position to uh, to just make people happy. Um, you know, that's that, I think for most of us that get involved in hospitality, you want to just make people's day a little bit better. Right. Um, I was fortunate enough to, to take that. And, and I <laughs> I did not um, uh, purposefully go to my college for a hospitality program, but uh, it just so happened that Cornell had a good one. And I transferred into the hospitality school. And uh, and then from there, got the opportunity to work for Patina Group. And, and like you said, Danny Meyer at, at, at Tabla um, and um, and just, uh, you know, I saw an opportunity outside of the four walls of a restaurant to help the industry. Um, this is before tech was really a thing. Avero was just in its infancy at, at that point as well. And um, I actually applied to Cornell as an engineer. So I already had this idea that I kind of wanted to be involved in numbers and tech and all this other stuff. And, um, and, and Avero uh, came to me and offered me a position. And I, I said, yes, it was, uh, I thought I'd be there for like a year. I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to play with computers. I wanted to, you know, uh, kind of uh, be a sommelier and, and, and drink great wine for the rest of my life. Still drinking good wine, but uh, clearly the tech thing was, was important to me and, and, uh, put me on a path just to try to help restaurants who and restaurateurs who generally don't like adopting technology understand what's possible, what's out there, and how to make it work for their business so that they can make more money. Thanks for that, Brandon. Um, I want to jump right into the evolution of restaurants with you for a bit in relation to this tech boom uh, that you were just talking about. You've shared with us the idea that restaurants are essentially becoming e-commerce brands and that brick and mortar locations can almost be thought of as fulfillment centers. Um, and while I'm sure uh, this thought will <laughs> definitely make waves, uh, certainly among our, uh, our fine dining operators, but for fast casual concepts out there, do you see this as the future? I mean, I see it as part of the future for sure. Yeah, I mean, this this is this idea of uh, restaurants as e-commerce is really yes, fast casual QSR, so forth. But when you, when you look at you know the dollars spent, this is the majority of our industry, right? And even even there are some great companies, technology companies that are doing things to get people to order their fine dining meals in advance, whether that's you know Resi Talk or or even going down to the to the folks like Seated, right? Uh, give give you some type of deal to pre-order your menu, but uh, in any case, um, 
the idea is, is simple. Um, you know, the revolution that retail went through 10, 15 years ago, where you stopped going to, you know, uh, J. Crew and you started ordering online is happening in restaurants. Mm -hmm. um, it's it, it's allow uh, there is more transparency. Transparency is almost not the right. Visibility, let's say more visibility into what options you have when you get to a restaurant before. Right. It's not just make a reservation and you don't even know what the menu is. Right. So we started by giving people digital menus. Now we started giving people digital experiences. Right. Now you can see the wine list online and now you can order. So you can do all these things ahead of time if you were going to a sit down restaurant or if you're sitting in your living room, you can do all these things at home and they come to you. And what's what's going to flip here is the concept of hospitality as we go more digital. Not there's so many people thinking about how to make money digitally, but not enough are thinking about how to make the guest experience beautiful and perfect. We saw some really interesting innovations during the COVID times about people even zooming with dinner guests that they were having. Uh, you know, a, a restaurant uh, was sending takeout to to give them. Uh, I did. I did a Zoom seder, and I got to tell you, I love a Zoom seder. Jimmy, am I right? Two thumbs up. Loved it. <laughs> never, I, never had two thumbs up on any Seder, yeah, but that's digital Seder. Digital Seder. Zoom Seders, thumbs up. There you go. But but there's no, you're 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 so right. You're so right, Brandon. There's there's nuance to how you're gonna make these experiences feel good for people the minute you start changing when they're ordering, when they're paying, all this other stuff. And and uh and the same way that sometimes you know, back in the day, something like um, you know, Uber would make us feel good when we took a taxi. We all have to figure out how to make uh, restaurant experiences that are digital feel great for the guests. Couldn't agree with you more. And I think it's a great segue into another area that I think is very interesting. As an operator for over 25 years, I've built a lot of restaurants. And I got to tell you, it has changed a lot. Maybe not so much in the fine dining, but certainly in the other areas of restaurants, the whole footprint has changed. I mean, what we used to do, I remember getting a space You'd look at it, you'd give the designer the, you know, the floor plans, and all they wanted to do is figure out how many seats they could get in there. How many tables and chairs can you get into this place? 70-30, 70% front, 30% back, you know, and you want to have as many seats as you possibly could because each seat was, you know, amortized over a year, and that was how much money you could bring in, right? And today, it's, it's, it's not about seats at all. Now it's about where the delivery guy's coming in to pick up. Where are the people going to pick up food from? Where are the pickup lockers going? The shelves for pickup. Um, the whole footprint has changed. And uh, and I suspect it will probably start infringing upon fine dining in ways also because you're going to want to have opportunities for people to pick up fine dining. You don't want the delivery guys coming through the front door. So I think there's just so much of change. Can you share a little bit about what you believe the future of the restaurant looks like? Because even with Bite and what you're doing, the whole omni-channel experience, it's it's pickup in the in the um, – parking lot it's it's using a kiosk to order it's go to the front it's there's so many areas uh so what do you think what does it look like yeah i mean uh l let's start with the outside um we're you're talking a lot about what goes on inside but um mm -hmm. when, when you break out of urban areas you really i mean if you don't have a drive-through you're you've you've been operating below your potential right mm -hmm. um, and not even just one drive-through lane but maybe even a double oh, you have lane, two even a triple you gotta lane, have right? two mm -hmm. um you know, there, there's um, there's the concept of having uh, certain lanes where you can order, and there's certain lanes where you're just coming to pick up. Right, um, right, right. And and mm -hmm. um, and some of this is the physical footprint of just the the land you have, right? Like, can you even do that? 
Um, we're fortunate enough to work with uh, Chick-fil-A and we speak to them often about their drive-thru operations, perhaps even, you know, what some would consider like the A-plus experience in the country. And um, it's funny, they have to get special permits sometimes because their drive through lanes will back up into the, the streets of the municipality, right? Like they're going to cause a traffic jam because of their drive through. <laughs> um, so, uh, so, so there's, there's a lot of, <laughs> I mean, I was talking recently with one of them about put, you know, what, what about putting one of those car wash things where everyone drops in neutral, you could keep your car off and, and yeah. it would move you along. So you're not ruining the earth at the same time as getting your, your, your chicken, you know, who knows? Well, I like uh, that idea and maybe wash the car too. Yeah. Well, there, there's exactly right. get, get your car wash in between you and the car wash, pick up my Chick-fil-A and move along. Look, why not? Um, you know, the, the, the truth, Jimmy, the that's truth, a great idea. It's a million dollar idea. This is now a seed, our seed company pitch right now. That's right. <laughs> yes. That's right. Yes. Meanwhile, you all guys, two million you, you guys go. were talking, you guys were talking about drive through and all I was thinking about was, was Joe Pesci's view of drive through from lethal weapon or one of the lethal weapons. I won't quote Joe Pesci, but there's my view on drive through. I'm walking in the store. You guys could sit in the drive through line. I'm walking in. They got to see me. I want to see them pack my back. All right. Changing gears a little bit. I want to talk about labor. Um, despite the high unemployment rate, that sounds like an oxymoron, despite the very low um, uh, unemployment rate um, and the amount of jobs that were lost out there uh, due to the pandemic, the hospitality industry is definitely suffering a labor shortage. There's no question about it. I don't know a single operator in a developed country that doesn't talk about the issue of labor right now. So the one thing um, we've seen is that technology is actually helping to solve this issue. Can you talk a little yeah. bit a little bit about how Byte is helping in confronting or just how it's helping the labor shortage? Yeah, for sure. Look, when you when you don't have enough people to work in your restaurant, you got to ask yourself, do I need to slim down the menu? What 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 do I need to do less, right? Um, and by the way, some of this is not opening your dining room. Um, so people are just saying, I'm going to keep the drive-through open, not even open the dining room. But um, it, with a lot of our customers, they're saying, we, you know, we don't have robots to cook the food yet, but Every single person, because of what's gone on in the past two years, knows how to order food digitally. Let's just let them do it in the, in the lobby of our restaurant, in the front of our restaurant, allow them to order. They can give us the exact thing that they want. There's no error from he, me hearing you say mustard and I hear ketchup or something, right? Goes right into the kitchen. They can order digitally on bite, put it, it goes right into the point of sale system, goes into the kitchen and they get their food. And, and what I always think about is, the importance of continuing to have a hospitality experience. Now, now it shifts where a lot of the hospitality is going to be when you hand somebody their bag of food or you call their name, right? Um, mm -hmm. Or maybe even the idea you bring it to their table. Why, you know, if you are, Jim, if you're somebody who wants to be in there, you want to stop, you don't want to eat on the, in your car in the road, um, why not order your food, uh, you know, off a, a, a kiosk or off a QR code, whatever it is, off the app, Go sit down at a table and somebody just brings it right over to you. How nice is that? Maybe it even refills your drink if that's something that, that, that they have available to them. But um, you can take labor out of the equation when it comes to the order because everyone knows how to do that. It's like, it, it, you know, everyone knows how to get money out of an ATM, but that wasn't the case 30 years ago. You had to go to a teller. It's the same thing now. I think what we need to do is go to Seinfeld and think about Kramer's idea to make your own pizza. And I think that we should just go into Chick-fil-A. I don't need to order my food. Just let me, I'll go make my own food. 
<laughs> and then you have no problem with labor. Jimmy, am I right? I think you know the chats. Order and pay with your phone and cook your own meals. This yeah, you order it, you pay for it, and then you go and make it yourself. And then you don't need labor. There's no right. you just don't you just just load the restaurant with food and I'll do everything else. You you just invented the ghost town kitchen, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. There's nobody just, there. Just, all I need is food. Up and there's nobody there. Everything's clean. The ghost town kitchen. You walk in. We got again, two once great again, ideas today. Idea we have the drive-through car wash. If anyone's listening to this, we've trademarked all these already and patented and done everything. So you can't steal these ideas. But Jimmy, I and Brandon have just come up with some really good ideas. See, I, thought you were going, I thought you were going full circle and basically describing a place that's called a supermarket where you go in, you pick up your food, you bring it no, home. You you know, it. Wait, wait a minute. Was that invented already? <laughs> Is that around? He's reinvented the supermarket. <laughs> listen, listen, we got some great ideas and thank you. Let's talk about personalization because this is something really interesting and I think it dovetails nice into what we're talking about because at the end of the day, I think you got to be talking about personalization and basically uh, operators today are almost reading the minds of customers uh, about what they want to eat. And I know, I know Brandon, I know you guys at Bite are doing a lot of this. You know what I want, you know what I've eaten, you know what I probably want based on my ordering habits. So give me a little bit about the personalization in drive-throughs and what Bite is doing all across the board with the kiosk ordering and things like that. Yeah, sure. Look, um, the minute the order is digitalized, right, and, and digitized, I should say, um, and and um, per, perhaps even you have a login or you're part of the loyalty program or even not, we get to now track you a little bit, right, with your permission, of course. Um, and so I know that last time you came in, you had a burger that was a, you know, a barbecue burger, and then you had ribs. So maybe, uh, you know, my algorithm, we're using machine learning and artificial intelligence to understand how do I take those two items and what to suggest next? You know, I, I might then uh, suggest to you something that is barbecue based or has a smoky context to it because that seems to be a flavor profile that you like. Um, we're, and we're not even taking in just kind of what items you've ordered. When did you order it? What time of day? Um, what size were those items? Generally, not just for you personally, but for the, all the people that go to this restaurant, you know, uh, what is the correlation between desserts and, and uh, salads, right? Uh, there's all sorts of data that, that we can go through to now say, hey, you know, uh, Shatsy might want this specific thing right now. It's not going to ever be perfect. It's not going to ever be right on the nose. But I'll tell you, um, the, the, uh, the machine learning is just incredible right now that's, that, that's available to us in, in general, and, um, and if you apply it to restaurant data, you can come up with some really good answers. I, kn I know for sure it works because we can actually lift the average check about 30% when a guest orders on bite versus when they don't. So people are certainly spending more, which means to me that they're indicating, hey, I like the suggestions that you're making. 30% upsell, Shachi. That that's that's better than any server we've had. 30% upsell. No, nah, but I gotta tell you, I like what Brandon's saying, Jimmy. And you know, I just wanna I told you this one time before. I wanna go to a restaurant and sit down and they just bring me the food because they've already know what I want to eat. <laughs> well, well, yeah. I will say that earlier in the podcast, we talked about how Brandon, you know, looking as uh, at the brick and mortar stores, somewhat as fulfillment centers. And we, we talked about that. I will say that I believe, and that this is not in conflict with our mission to be a great hospitality group, but I believe they're, they're data gatherers. I believe the personalization data around F&B is among the most valuable data sets of any kind. And therefore, I think what you're doing, Brandon, uh, with Byte and this data collection and the utilization of that data is very powerful. I want to stick on this theme a little bit in terms of kind of the pipeline for Byte. Um, is voice ordering 
on that list, you know, from Alexa to Siri, Google Home, I imagine there is some sort of voice activated device in almost everyone's home uh, or office. And, and how is that going to play a role? What are your thoughts on voice AI and can it live in conjunction with the pipe platform? Oh, absolutely. The, the, the whole point, right, is that, you know, I, I, um, uh, I recently got a new car, uh, moved out to the suburbs and got a new car because, I, I, you know, you need one of these like fake minivans. It's actually, a, a, you know, an SUV. All right. Just tell so me you're not I, driving now, a minivan. Please tell me you don't have a minivan. No, it's, it's an SUV, but All it right. really is. All right. I just want to make sure. Like that's like a soccer mom. You're a soccer mom now. I that I look uh, soccer. Shout out to soccer moms. They have a hard job. Let me tell you that we all just figured that out in the last two years. Um, <laughs> Absolutely, no, no question. But in any case, I I can say to my car, you know, give me directions to here or give me directions to there. Right. Um, clearly, uh, being able to say order order our our order from you know locali, which is a local pizza place that we love. Order my regular at this. That should happen, and I should be able to just drive up and pick it up. Now, what what we what Byte will do is ingest that order. Eventually, obviously, it doesn't start. It doesn't keep stay as a voice, right? It goes from a voice to a message, right? That's exactly what Alexa and Siri and everything's doing. They're turning it into data. That data's got to go somewhere to get to locally the pizzeria, and that's where Byte comes in. Just put it into the Byte platform. We would get it to the restaurant, and then make sure that the order was fulfilled correctly with all the all the personalization and so forth. But also, interestingly enough, if I know that it's Shatsy and he likes it, you know, he likes barbecue flavor, um, maybe I'm pushing back to Alexa saying, hey, suggest the, you know, the, the, uh, the barbecue uh, chips that we have on the menu, right? Um, the McRib, the McRib. The, yeah, well, the, the, well, we can't call it that. Well, we'll, we'll uh, uh, get trademark, uh, you know, violation. Oh, is, that, is, that, is that used already? I just came up with that. Oh, all right. No, that, that's thir the third great idea yeah. we've had on the pod. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, yeah Brandon, Brandon, when what Chatty thinks is the best barbecue in the country, he goes to the McRib. He's thinking McRib. No, there you he go, goes to Hometown and Red Hook. I hope, I hope to God he does. I was thinking Mighty Quinn's, Jimmy, but okay. Oh, absolutely. And don't forget, uh, don't forget Hill Country. We love our Hill Country. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I got to tell you, we talk about guest experience. We talk about personalization. We're talking about these things. So let me ask you this, Brandon, because you're a smart guy, probably the smartest guy we've had on the on the podcast. Doubt that. We know a lot about the guest when they're ordering online digi digitally, right? We know a lot about when they make a reservation. We know a lot about with their loyalty. We know when they're ordering. In your opinion, how do we find out about the guest when they didn't order with their phone, when they didn't, when they just come in our door and sit in the restaurant? How do we get information about that guest? Because that still is a big guest. Walking into a fast casual restaurant, walking to a QSR, walking to fine dining. There's still people that just walk in. They don't do any of these things. Jimmy always talks about his dad just wanting to order and pay with his cash, which is like almost impossible. But how do you find out about that? I mean, first of all, maybe you shouldn't, right? Like maybe Jimmy's dad doesn't want any anybody to know anything about him and he wants to walk in and you know and and, and do that. And that's and there is always gonna be this this choice by the, the consumer, the prerogative of what they want. When you're when you're putting a reservation into Resi or Open Table, you're you're maybe volunteering information like today's my birthday, right? So you're you're saying, hey, restaurant, use this to make my experience great. Jimmy's dad's walking in, and, and you know he's got a, a overcoat on and a top hat, and he's paying in cash. Maybe he doesn't. Hey, have you bothered. met Jimmy's dad? How does he know this? Love the top hat. But but look, yeah, maybe maybe not the top hat. Fine, 
But um, <laughs> but in the cases where a guest is saying, "Yeah, I'd love to. I'd love for you to remember me." Um, there's a lot of different ways that we can do this in the future. Um, there's a, something called computer vision. Computer vision is essentially what uh, Amazon Go is using. So you can kind of walk in and walk out of the store, right? They know who you are the minute you scan one thing on the way in, and then you walk out. You picked up all this stuff, and you don't have to pay. Uh, that's that's computer vision. Ever? Wait, you never have to pay? Well, you 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 pay on your account, but you don't have to check out. Oh, because I was I like I was gonna go to that store. I love the store. You just walk in, you walk out, you have to pay with that. That's unbelievable. Yeah, Amazon go. has it's figured easy. out how to make money even in that situation. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, the the point is is that maybe because you drove into the parking lot, we know your license plate. Maybe because uh, there's a scan of, of uh, some biometric like facial recognition, we know who you are. The idea is that if we if you do want us to know who you are and you do want us to use that data. Um, you know, we're more than happy to try to provide you a better guest experience. I love that. No, I'm gonna keep, that's why I'm going to keep wearing my mask everywhere I go because then you can know, you know who I am, right? The drive through out know who I am. Does bike kiosk can they figure out who I am if I'm in my mask? Uh, you specifically? No, 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 no. We we we, <laughs> yeah. we blacklisted you, uh, you know, from oh. all tracking systems altogether. Okay. Meanwhile, meanwhile the, the guy that doesn't want to be known is going like he's he's adopted this, this share or Madonna complex of call me Shatsy. No, no first name, no last name. Just Prince Shatsy. Share. Prince, yes, share Madonna. Okay. Before we move on to the next segment, I want to bring up a hospitality hangout favorite. You know, we have embraced, I don't know if we came up with it, maybe we did, maybe we borrowed it from somebody, but we have certainly embraced uh, the, the notion that 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 as a result of the pandemic, nothing has changed in our industry. I pause for effect, but everything has been accelerated. Everything. Can you share with us uh, and our listeners how does this? Uh, if you agree with it, uh, you could certainly tell me we're full of uh, blah blah blah. But how does this this notion relate to the evolution of Byte over the last year and yeah. a half? Yeah, I mean, I would say for the most part, um, the largest restaurant chains and, and 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 QSR brands had one or two digital channels that they worked with, maybe an app and maybe a third party delivery company before the pandemic. Now they have somewhere on the average of five to seven different channels, whether it's multiple uh, third party delivery companies, um, uh, you know, obviously uh, their own first party channels. And so Byte had to evolve. You know, we we now have we went from having two products to having six ourselves. Um, and uh, and in doing so, we're uh, you know we're leveraging the platform that we've always built, the really strong thing, the strong foundation, uh, and and building all of these great ordering channels on top of it to match guest needs. I think one important point that we're we're kind of dancing around here is that. The, the modern guest is going to sometimes want to walk in and order digitally, sometimes going to want to be not known at all, and sometimes going to want to stay in their car in order. And all of the that could be the same person, three different experiences that they want to have. And restaurants are going to be prepared now to be able to offer all those different scenarios. Chats, I got to tell you, man, he's singing your story. Not only has there been incredible embracement um of, of technology but chatsy has been pushing coming out of the pandemic it's all about optionality you, it's not going to be one size fits all even with the same guest there are going to be moments where he or she want these different experiences brandon you nailed it that was a great show thanks very much oh no wait, we're not done we're moving on okay um <laughs> brandon we launched the podcast because we we enjoy having people over uh we like asking questions we think we can bring out some insights but along the way 
uh, we learn that some of our guests have questions for us. So uh, we're going to kick off into our talking back section um, and where we offer you or our guests the opportunity uh, to ask uh, questions. Nothing's off the table. Brandon, the microphone is yours, sir. All right. We, well, let's let's dig back to the operator days. I want the single craziest uh, story that you have about a guest in one of the restaurants. I love that question. It, could be, it, it doesn't need to be, you know, I want it. I want like something that might be a little bit unbelievable that it actually happened. Not some engagement, or, you know. Right. Shatsy. Oh, oh, Jimmy, come on. You've got to go first because, you know, it takes me. I, I, I would probably won't come up with this till tomorrow. I mean, I have to think. And you're always so good with this, and you always have the best stories. All right, I'll, I'll, I, by the way, I was passing it to you, the restaurant guy. But if, if I know, you, but I got to think. I'm I was good. Thinking I'm, about I'm a good. story. By Someone left a baby at the bar, and we didn't know what to I'm, do with I'm, it. I'm good. I, I'll, your question is that happened. That definitely did not happen. Your question, Brandon, was on it's a good point. story, though. It'd be a good story. Your question is <laughs> on point. So I'm defaulting to my bartender days, where I was working over uh, the holidays, and I was working December, working at a, at a pub up in the Upper East Side. Uh, wasn't that busy. Uh, two guys come in, they start bragging about this stereo system that they just installed and blah, blah, blah. And all of a sudden that evolves into one of our customers talking about the stereo system. Next thing I know, a deal is happening uh, and when they go out and, and they go out to the guy's car and they go to the guy's house and all of a sudden a transaction's taking place and I'm watching all this and I'm like, I'm a native New Yorker. I I'm, I wish everyone well, but I'm a little bit New Yorker and I'm like, this doesn't seem right to me. Sure enough, the guy who bought the stereo or whatever that was comes back to the restaurant, livid that he got scammed, that the thing doesn't work. They took his money and he wants he wants his retribution. I don't know the guy that came in. All of a sudden, the guy that just wow. just suckered the, the customer, he calls me on the phone. And he says, you seem like you were interested in, in buying a stereo. Would you like to get involved? I said, I tell you what, why don't you come back to the restaurant? I go, I'd like to talk to you some more. I tell the customer, Merry Christmas, sir. I got a present for you. The guy that just scammed you is walking back into the store. He, he, <laughs> I just gift wrapped him for you. Um, needless to say, needless oh, to say when those guys came back in the store, there was an altercation. I quietly suggested they take it outside. And I'll simply say uh, it, was a, it was a festive, quiet, Christmassy type uh, experience over at uh, Martell's where I was working uh, between those two gentlemen. There's my story. Shatsy, I stalled as long as I can for you. Light this up. No, no, it's good. It, 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 you know what? I, I really have to dig down deep to come up because it's a lot. It's a, it's a long time. But it just it let, like two weeks ago, something happened because I, I got to live, you know, my I can't go back that far. Two weeks and then my thing, everything clears out. But two weeks ago, you know how people like, you know, it's very now everyone likes to bring their dogs into cafes, but they're like little dogs, like lap dogs and they get a little bowl of water and what have you. So two weeks ago, one of the restaurants, guy comes into the restaurant, not a lap dog. He brings like Marmaduke. Do you know what Marmaduke is? It's like, it's like I put a saddle on this thing. It's the biggest thing I ever saw. I mean, literally, this is the only difference between this dog and a horse by name only. I mean, you could literally, this thing could be at Belmont, no problem. Brings a dog in to a table, right? And the dog is right there. And he puts a water bowl, and it's not a little bowl. It's, it's, it's a giant thing. And he gets food, and he starts feeding the dog from his plate, like he ordered like a steak and stuff like that, sliced up and like feeding the dog right there. And people were like looking around, like 
it was a little wacky. I got to be honest with you. It was a little was crazy. French because we know the French love their dogs. And they'd, they'd rather eat next to a big Marmaduke than eat next to a baby. They would rather eat next to Marmaduke. Look, I'm a dog lover, so I'm fine. But it's just funny how it's morphed into like it used to be like a little dog in the cafe kind of like just sipping on water to like Marmaduke inside the restaurant sitting there. And it was like eating right off the plate. I just thought that was it was kind of it was kind of wacky. Not the crazy story ever. I'm gonna have to get back to you on the crazy story ever because I gotta like ask people what was the crazy story and they'll remind me. I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember that. Oh, but anyway, yeah, what about that one? Yeah, we we're gonna we're gonna be do a book and we're gonna have some great stuff in it. It's gonna be unbelievable. But let me get right to the next segment and it's really it's the top of the tech stack. And look, you know a lot about this business. You, you you've been on both sides. Um, if you had to suggest to any operator listening right now, right now, what is the number one piece of technology they have to have in a restaurant other than Byte? Obviously, everybody has to have Byte because it's an incredible omni-channel ordering platform for everything. But if you had to recommend a piece of tech for an operator right now, what is it they have to have? Shatsy, after your story, I think a retractable leash is what I don't bring my sleep man. I wake him up. I, I, I think, <laughs> yeah, I think I that's the tech. <laughs> War story I was expecting. I was expecting you to have some war stories. I think you're holding back. Let me. I let am. Me, I, I mean, can't talk about it on this show. Also. All right. All right. Fine. Well, look. I mean, um, th- there are some really simple baseline things that everybody needs. Um, but but I I think right now the most interesting part of our um, industry, if I was to talk more on the QSR and the fast casual side, is understanding marketing automation. Okay, because we're talking about all this data that people are collecting. Ding, ding, ding. We're talking about all this data that people are collecting. What do you do with it? And so how how often should you send a push notification for your app and to whom? Um, The person who uh, ordered a burger last week and didn't check out, right? They didn't check out of the cart. What do you do with that person? So this is, again, this is just stealing all the tricks from the retail uh, world, right? We know that um, people send us, uh, you look, you know, you speak something and it, it becomes an Instagram ad, right? Uh, you know, and it mm-hmm. becomes an email in your inbox. How, you know, how do we apply this to restaurants? But again, under this guide, under this kind of guide of hospitality, you can't do it the same way. You can't be aggressive. Um, and so you need to be able to do this beautifully. Marketing automation tools, uh, so, several good ones out there. Uh, you know, and I, I think the better ones are coming in from the retail tech side, by the way. Yep. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I think I think retail tech is going to is, is making its way into hospitality, knowing that all these digital transactions are happening. And, and what do you do with this data? Um, how do you, how do you reengage a customer to come back to you straight away? And, you know, I, let, you me, let me let me I'm going to take this moment to answer something a little a little bit that we talked Brandon about. Before. Shut Jimmy down. Shut him down. No, 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 no. Jimmy, Jimmy's never happened before. I got a gem. I got a gem for you. I think it's gold. Jerry. Actually, it's you know, gold. we're going to keep this for the crystal ball moment. Here you go. All right, Jimmy. I was, Jimmy, by the way, shut you down and let's see you back in. Yeah, you shamed him. You, he he was he had he was very excited to speak. I knew to be quiet. Well, he was about to know what I was amazed about is someone stopped you from speaking, Jimmy. That was beyond. Well, that was all awesome. I was going to say is that for I don't know how many podcasts we've done, but I thought that was a top three or four answer. Could have been number one, but I'll simply say among the best answers we've had to the top of the tech stack, I thought Brandon just gave. Now we want to move into our crystal ball moment. It's a chance for, you know, for, to ask our guests, put on their their, Ms. Uh, their their Kreskin or Miss Cleo hats and predict the future. Brandon, how do you see restaurants and dining two years from now in relation to hospitality and technology? I'll, here, I'm going to make one prediction, okay? 
And, and I think it's a little counterintuitive to the way we think about things right now. I think that the top restaurants are going to be embracing the relationships that they have with third-party delivery companies. Today, Ooh. it's a very adversarial relationship. And I think, I think that the third-party delivery companies are essentially logistics companies, things that restaurants don't want to do and cannot do. And when we, I was going to touch on a second ago talking about the digital footprint and uh, the data that comes through, let's say, a third-party um, uh, you know, application, whatever that is. It could be the delivery companies. It could be anything else. You know, We formerly had Ritual and all these other things, third parties, right? The data that mm-hmm. comes through there is going to start to get shared with the operators. That is going to become um, the way that the third parties enhance the relationship that they have with the operators so they can serve the guest better. Um, yes. Not, this is a, yes. This is, it doesn't seem like it's going to happen, but one of them or two of them will start opening it up. Yes. And all of a sudden, it will be a floodgate. They are already doing so. Unfortunately, it is due to regulation that they're doing so, but they are being forced to reduce their fees and share data through many uh, legislation in many cities. Whether you agree or disagree is irrelevant. It's happening. And I agree with you. These uh, third parties are becoming just logistics companies to deliver anything you want, and restaurants will just be a part of their channel. And uh, yeah, and and they need supply, and restaurants are the supply. So uh, I agree. It's just gonna, it's it's not gonna continue down this path. I agree with you 100. percent There's no individual third party delivery company that can't outperform or outspend an individual brand in marketing. And so we we 100%. I just know this from the reservation days. I know it's impossible. It's it's, yeah. it's it's impossible for. Um, uh, an individual they can they could literally if they if if they get competition they could literally just say we'll make our fees five percent five percent and and you know you know what i mean so it's it's so what restaurant operator is going to say i don't want to be on the marketplace all you gotta do is just make it so it's a number that everyone can live with and they can afford to do it i bet you they'll keep the fees where they are or as high as they can go but start sharing more of the data the, yeah. the person who the guest who uses DoorDash twice a week or even five times a month is mm-hmm. there's really little fear. There should be little fear from DoorDash that that person is going to only start ordering from one restaurant going forward. That's nah, come on. It may, maybe there's that favorite restaurant that Jimmy orders from every week and he goes directly. But then there's always going to be a whole bunch of times that Jimmy's using DoorDash or something else just because it's quick and easy. Doesn't feel like searching if the restaurant has a website. Maybe he doesn't order from frequently. Maybe he's in a different town. And he's just looking for a quick. Yeah, I agree. If you're a DoorDash customer or Grubhub or whatever, you're going to use it a bunch. You're not going to go from from 20 times to zero. That's right. And so the fear of losing that guest is going to start to diminish. And and these relationships between the restaurants and the third parties are going to get better, not worse. You can see it already because and then we'll move on because you can see they're already changing their fee structure to forget the legislation. They're changing their fee structure to three tiers and four tiers and making it different because at the end of the day, they, they know you have to play nice with with your customer and the restaurants are their customer. Well, one final um, point, one final point, yeah, by the way, it's not, point. Just cha- it's not just changing the fee structure. They're changing their offering. They're offering restaurants pieces of technology. Yes, sure. They're doing websites. They're doing the delivery for you. Sure. Well, never mind the delivery. They're doing the website for you. You can get yeah. your website powered by Grubhub, powered by DoorDash. That's an entire business model that they have today. You can see yeah. that Grubhub competes with us on kiosks. 
that's first party, man. That's not, they're not sure. paying the same fees there. And now they're doing ghost kitchens. We saw, we saw, right? Everyone's doing ghost kitchens, DoorDash and Uber Eats and Grubhub. They're, they're putting their own kitchens together. Um, it'll be an interesting debate and it's, 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 it's not going to change uh, on this podcast. But let me go to the bread, the quick fire, because I, I'm really excited about this segment. It's the best segment on the show. Um, it's not me talking, Jimmy. That's everybody talking. I know. Everyone um, named Shatsy says it's the best section on the, on, yeah. on the podcast. So I'm going to ask Brandon, I'm going to ask you five lightning round questions. Don't think too hard. Just come up with the first answer that comes to your mind. Are you ready for the lightning uh, round here? I accept the challenge. Okay. Are you ready? Yes. Are you really ready? Yes. Favorite summer Olympic sport? Uh, no question. Basketball. I played basketball all through college. Where are you getting dinner from tonight? I am cooking dinner, and I'm cooking uh, a Floyd Cardoz from Tabla Classic, RIP to my guy Floyd, Chef Floyd. Uh, I'm cooking scallops in watermelon curry. Yeah, Jimmy's doing the same thing. Yeah. Uh, what is your favorite food city in the world? I'm going to go besides New York because that's a that's a no brainer. But uh, I, I'm going to say Barcelona. I like Ooh. it. We've had Barcelona. We've I had like Barcelona. That. We've had Barcelona. It's a ten. Travel right Barcelona. Barcelona. Yeah. To complete normalcy. Travel complete normal. First place you want to visit. Oof, might be the same answer, but I, I, I'll i tell you the first place I am visiting. I'm, I'm going to the Amalfi Coast. Ah, Ooh. nice. Jimmy. Jimmy's half favorite. Italian on the yes. good side. <laughs> If you were to challenge Jimmy or I to a race to 10 burpees, who would you have better odds of beating? Ugh. I don't think burpees have anything to do with how big your arms are, Jimmy. No, I mean, they There's do a, a little bit. A burpee shot. I, 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 you know, I, I just look at Jimmy and I say that that guy is going to try to win at whatever he does. And I, and I just, I see you like slipping or something. Shatsy, I, I'm, I'm going to. Oh, I slip? Over. Yeah, like your oh, arms really? slip, you get out of, you get out of rhythm yeah. real quick. You so, know, so my, basically, so you're saying that you would beat me, but 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 by like a by like a like a foot fault disqualification, not because not because you're you don't have any not shape because I'm not in incredible shape. No, and, you are in okay. incredible shape, but you would just there would be something <laughs> that would go wrong real quick. Your shoes untied. I agree. All of a sudden, I I, I, I pull a muscle. I'm old. I didn't hear the horn. I didn't know we were supposed to yeah. start, and all of a sudden, I'm done. You know, eight burpees. So. No, I agree. An old white Jewish guy shouldn't be doing burpees anyway. I think your attention uh, deficit uh, disorder would have play a role here, Shatsy. Uh, Wait, like, what? Wait, what did I, you I, say? I think he'd be like, oh, how many burpees do I have to do? What I do? Ah, that's enough. I'm going to the bar. Okay. I agree. I agree. Ten I agree. I think anyway. it, listen, Brandon, we want to thank you so much for joining us um, on the podcast and for all your great insights. Uh, we appreciate uh, your hard work uh, supporting the hospitality industry, and not, not just at this time, but, but always. Um, if you want to get in touch with Brandon directly, you can email us at podcast. At oh, wait, Brandon I have a cell phone here, Jimmy. Let me, uh, we're, I have we're a not going to give out right a cell number, but, but podcast oh. at brandonstrategic.com. And we'd be well, happy don't you to make call? Don't you want people to call him? I don't think we uh, we do that anymore. That was a mistake from season one. We've grown. We've learned. We're doing all right. Um, no, at, the top, at the top of the episode, <laughs> I said we had a fantastic offer for our listeners who are operators. And we were excited to share that Branded is a key sponsor out of FS Tech. In Dallas. Did you say Brandon or Branded? I said Branded. Brandon, Brandon at Bite is a, is also, but uh, we'll see. We'll see. We'll be yes. there with you guys partying. I'm sure. So, so, so Bite uh, will be out there. Branded is a key sponsor at FS Tech of the Branded Innovation Alley. That's not to be Dallas. confused with Brand Done. Yes, that's September 12th to the 14th, out in the great state of Texas in Dallas, and we want to see you there. Here's the offer. 
for any of our operators who are listening today, if you want to come on the brand did tab, that's our tab, not brand done's tab. We offer you free registration. Any restaurant operator listening today to take advantage of this offer, you've already got the email address, podcast at brandedstrategic.com. Lift us on the offer and we'll see you in Dallas uh, for the branded Innovation Alley and a fantastic show uh, by our friends and partners at Winsight, uh, the FS Tech Show. All right, to our listeners. La- wait, Jimmy, last thing. I know that branded also gave an incredible offer. Uh, which I think is just incredible. Uh, and everyone's going to really like this because it's way better than the free registration to FS Tech. Anyone listening today that would like to have a kiosk installed in their apartment or home for their ordering pleasure, just because you want to be the coolest guy in town and have a kiosk in your like living room where you can just order stuff and it like rings up into your kitchen or something, that's cool, right? I mean, who wouldn't want that? Any listener right now who emails us, Brandon Bike Kiosk will install full installation of a kiosk in your living room so you can do ordering right there that's cool so just email us and you get that done so that's pretty cool bike kiosk in your living room jimmy who would love that yeah because the cell phone was was so intrusive so we had to down like jimmy you got the kiosk with the whole thing like your living room becomes like a you know like a restaurant it just is like having doordash on a screen right just sitting there right yeah yeah, come on. How could you compare that to your phone, Jimmy? Yeah, yeah you, can, you, 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 you can't compare it. Listen, uh, if you want to lift us on that offer, uh, just dial Shatsy directly and they'll take care of it. Uh, to our listeners, uh, we want to thank you so much for taking the time to tune into the to the Hangout. Uh, we know there are literally hundreds of thousands of podcasts out there, uh, and the fact that you choose to hang out with us is something we appreciate. Join us next week as we welcome guest Tom Racine, founder of Racine Hospitality. Tom Racine is a principal Ooh, and one of the operating founders. Founder, founder. Oh, sorry. Founder of the Sugar Factory. Founder of the Sugar Factory. So there you have it. Sugar Factory. Who hasn't had one of those crazy cocktails, those uh, big cocktails? Uh, delicious, except I don't eat sugar. So, uh, but, other, but other than that, we love those things. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe to our podcast. You don't miss out on the exciting guests we'll have coming up in the future. And better yet, uh, invite a friend to hang out with us the next time. Until then, big thank you to Mr. Brandon Barton from Byte. This is Jimmy Frischinger, finance guy, signing off and passing it to my boy Shatsy, the restaurant guy. Thanks, Jimmy. And thanks, Brandon. This was great. It's uh, Shatsy, restaurant guy, hospitality hangout. Thanks, everybody. Cheers. Thanks, guys. Cheers, everybody. Thank you. <laughs>